Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups. And my guest today is Adala Bolto. Adala, thank you for joining us on Rising Tide. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Or maybe I should just say marhaba. Ahlan wa We were talking a little bit offline and I used every Arabic word I knew in about a, one sentence and, and beyond that I was lost. So, but it's great to have you. Great to have you. Share your bio a little bit with our, with our listeners. Um, so my, my name's Adala. I live in Australia in Sydney and I've um, recently, in the last probably 18 to months to 24 months, I've been operating my new business um, concept that is in the fitness world. It's a boutique studio for women. We focus on heat and strength. And um, I, I, the business is really, an, uh, it was an unarticulated need that I thought the market uh, did need, but nobody was really screaming out for, um, to cater for women that want more, that want more premium, and a fitness brand that really spoke their language. So my, my, the nickname for, or the way I describe it is almost like the Sephora for women when it comes to the fitness brand. Um, I'm very passionate about fitness, but I'm probably more so passionate about solving problems and um, business and evolving and seeing what else we can create um, in that space. A little family background? Um, I have two children. I should remember these ones. (laughs) (laughs) I have Hannah and Layla. Uh, My daughters are 16 and 15 years old. And um, they, we all live in uh, Sydney, Australia. They are now finishing school. Uh, one of them is almost finishing school. And um, we've lived in Australia for, I've lived here for 30 years. I was born overseas in Lebanon. And um, I have a very big family. There's 12 of us. I'm number 10. Wow. Um, there's been a lot of uh, life learned experiences through their eyes and through their experiences as well as, yeah, it's been, it's been great. A lot of travel. So... Walk us through the, kind of the history. I mean, so you were in the fitness space before you, you opened Zaddy. Is that correct? I mean. Uh, yep, yep. So my professional, I guess, um, uh, background is it's, I, I was quite young when I was in the workforce. I was, I was doing things in the sales and um, retail and business and HR and anything to do with people is where I was really focused on and then did, did study those um, things more closely. I did uh, lend myself um, an interest in fitness when I, after having my two children, decided that I needed to get fitter, that, you know, very common thing that sure. women will just go back and try and get fit again. And um, I found a real alignment to something that I really believe is a helpful, um, you know, profession, but also I can use my people skills. So I did get into the fitness industry as a trainer, I taught every class you can think of, um, boxing and body pump, all those Les Mills programs, if anyone's familiar with those. Um, became a one-on-one trainer, had a massive client database and worked uh, almost full-time hours for many years. Um, but the business side of things was always there in the sale. So I became the studio manager or the club manager mm-hmm. for a few years. From there, I bought my own uh, gym. It's a big, uh, a female-only gym here in Australia called Fernwood Fitness. And I ran and operated that successfully for another four years. Um, at that time, the idea of uh, female fitness was 
they're really missing in my mind. So much was missing from it, the messaging, the branding. Um, nobody was doing it the way I felt like women would like. If they all got together and collaborated, what they'd come up with is not what was available. So I came up with a concept um, to create what I've created and actually teamed up with my ex-boss, who's um, the CEO of the company that I work for, and I uh, pitched the idea, got the investment, and got started. And, and off you went. So and tell me, the, was, there, was there a little bit of a conflict? Because um, you were actually a franchisee of the, of the gym before, correct? I mean, before you launched yes. Daddy. So it was, was there a, a I think in my pitch, I did a pretty good job to sell it as a sub-brand um, that won't conflict because obviously that's the outcome I wanted. Although as we kept working on the project, the, the conflict of interest was apparent um, and it's, it's understandable. So um, a year and a half and after launching the first two studios, I did um, and, you know, sort of start a conversation about how we could possibly part ways and um, go about business our separate ways and that's what we did. So I bought the um, business uh, back and brought on some new investors so I could focus 100% on the new concept and um, my previous business partner can focus 100% on her business. So you, I mean, that's, that's how you kind of resolve the conflict of interest issue. But was, was there also like an internal conflict with you? Like, did you feel a little bit constrained with the, Absolutely. With the requirements of the franchise that you said, I can't do what I want to do by staying in that franchise? 100%. And, um, and you picked that up straight away that that would obviously become an issue. Um, I did feel like I was not able to deliver mm -hmm. exactly my vision. I wasn't able to make the decisions. There was a lot of compromise and a lot of energy going to that. So absolutely, yeah, I felt that um, it was really came to the decision of do it properly or just don't do it at all. Yeah. But don't do it half. You know, you're not really finishing it off. You're just doing it um, to tick some boxes. So I really wanted to give it everything and um, all that was really hard thing to negotiate and um, we were both very happy with the outcome and um, it was a right decision yeah I mean I think that's just maybe the entrepreneurial genetics that that you know you you if you have a vision and you really have the drive and the discipline to see that vision out you cannot operate within the constraints of something else so it's very difficult to yeah. to cast your vision within you know underneath the the thumb i guess of the franchise that you were in before because because the the true essence of what you're trying to achieve as an entrepreneur or someone with a vision that's trying to bring it to life is um is that and if, if there's anything that conflicts with it you're no longer living a purpose you're just yep. doing a job um and you're just ticking boxes and making sure you're pleasing people it becomes a lot of politics and um and if the driving force is being able to live your purpose it's a big conflict internal yep. conflict every day so yeah now that makes perfect sense i i can almost picture you as you're as you're working in the the previous franchise i can almost picture you like daily you have a focus group of whoever you're working with you're you're asking them questions and making notes but so what if if we, if we were able to do this differently what would, would would that be appealing to you would would you you know go would you prefer a gym that did you know abc instead of what we're doing here? And, and I mean, did you have kind of those conversations with people? Um, look, I picked up a few new nicknames and um, <laughs> it kind of, them a little, I shook, it shook them up a little bit because when the people I worked with were working for the other organization sure. and they had sure. their ways. And it's usually once you, an organization's certain size, 
they function in a more of a corporate style. Yeah. Well, I've come in with this startup mindset. So what I expect can be done in a week takes normally months. So it was like I was like a bit of a bulldozer. Um, <laughs> um, and, yeah, picked up a few nicknames that I'm very proud of because none of those nicknames um, uh, describe anything negative. It just describes myself. They actually they gave me, gave me more confidence and realised that I'm on the right track. And I think, um, yeah, it was a good learning experience for all of us. But there were many meetings where, um, you know, it was very interesting times. And um, I think I was able to drive people to do more than they thought they could, think outside the box a little. So, I, you know, it was an interesting process. I definitely don't regret it. I think it helped me now that I do have the freedom to run my um, ideas independently without much pushback the pushback and the conflicting sort of um, views um, helped me dig my heels in and uh, realize I'm on the right track it was like a daily challenge I, I mean I can I can almost picture you know going back to when you were you you know early in the fitness industry and you kind of transitioned to be a, like a personal trainer I can picture that the way you you trained people you probably also lead your organization in the same manner i mean you probably are, are you know it's kind of tough love you know it's that i have a vision for you and i'm, I'm not going to be your best friend i may be your worst nightmare but we will get this done together and when you look back after the fact you will enjoy the the journey for sure is that accurate, so accurate. yeah and look it's because when i'm doing anything um you know we talked about cooking earlier i'm focused on the outcome the process is the process, but I'm really focused on the outcome. So when, when you're focused on the outcome, I think you automatically can visualize that outcome so well and you want that so much for the person you're helping. You're, you know, If you're training them, they really want to lose weight. There's going to have to be some tough love because the reason yeah. they are where they are is because they really haven't been facing the real um, issues. Right. So the girl that will remind you of those real issues. The hard part is reminding myself. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'll give up. The bad thing is, I do give myself a lot of tough love oh, on a daily sure. basis, yeah. and that, that that I've got to manage. I think a little bit better because it's constant, and it's what drives me and makes me successful. But it sometimes can be a bit too much, and I should just um, take the wins and give myself a little bit of a you know, tap on the shoulder. A little break. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's true of, of people that that have that disposition in their personality types is often they're the hardest on themselves, you know, Absolutely. than they would even be on anyone else. So walk yeah. us through which the... Uh, what, yeah, which is what gives me permission to sort of give people the tough love because in my mind I'm thinking, you think that's tough. You know, <laughs> I put myself through heaps worse. Um, <laughs> exactly. So I never, I never actually see it as being tough. I'm giving them a lot more kindness and time and um, patience than I would normally give myself. <laughs> I can just see you turning to them and going, you ought to see me when I'm mad. You know, so I guess that goes straight to the outcome and not the process, um, which is just get there. Yeah. Well, walk us through kind of the the, the launch of, of Zaddy. So you were you were still kind of a franchise owner or you, you were still running a franchise and you were running these in parallel to, to each other for a while? I was a, I was a franchise owner, Kevin, and I was... Um, We'd already discussed the exit strategy. It just sort of obviously takes a bit of time to sell a business. Um, but mentally, I was all 100% focused on launching Zadi. And um, the businesses were alike in a way, except in size. So Zadi is a boutique studio. It is designed to give um, women that real premium, personalized experience where 
we can give them the no fluff, the um, actual proper steps to get results. I brought on an expert exercise scientist who's very well respected here in Australia to make sure we follow the FIT principle. And my biggest, um, the biggest thing I didn't want to compromise on is the actual results. I was aware that our brand is going to come across flashy and edgy and sexy and maybe even um, a little bit superficial. So I made sure the product, yeah. when you dig deeper, is uh, one of the best products you'll find in the fitness space. And um, I'm very passionate about fitness and getting it right as a trainer. So together we came up with how can we deliver not just a female-only space, but I want the female-only fitness um, programs. So for our bodies, how we recover is different to men. Our needs when it comes to load and repetitions and all those sort of things and the, the different workouts that we should be doing on different days um, are very different. And obviously, so that was the main focus. And then everything else that we put in, like the technology and the vibe and the atmosphere and um, worked uh, with that concept. But it wasn't the most important thing. It was really getting that product right. So it has a long, it's not a fad or a trend. It's going to last a lifetime and continue to evolve. Right. I, I mean, I really like the name. It's, it, it's a very catchy name. So tell us the genesis. What's the origin story of the name of the genesis? Um, I was probably the last person to catch on how very Middle Eastern Zadi sounded. For sure. Background. So a lot of people aligned the name with my look immediately. And I caught on much later on when I presented it at a conference and everyone's like, what does it mean in Arabic? I'm like, oh, yeah, it sounds like an Arabic word. But it's not at all. Um, my previous business partner had it picked out for a different project, which they wasn't used. And um, it just made its way in a list when we were going through a list of uh, possible names. And I was just skimming through down the page and went, this one. Because I always had a vision for a nightclub gym. Um, and I, I just thought that just sounds like a, a nightclub. You know, it just sounds cool and it's short and sweet. And and if I pictured a like a female superhero and we called her Zadi, it's very believable and very strong. So it just ticked every box in my mind for the vision of um, a strong woman, an edgy nightclub, all the little different elements that I had um, in my head. And it was like a two, 20 second decision, Kevin. It was like that one. Well, you know, like... As you well know, I mean, every Arabic word that like ends in the, the sound E is makes it possessive. It makes, it's my something. So you need to, you've got to come up with a better story than this. It's like, it's a, it means, yes, that means my sacred journey or my, my vision or my something in Arabic. Yeah. So well, make it up. It's like a street word. Up. I mean, that's how the name came up. But when I said the word, it made me feel powerful. It made me feel like it was a strong name. Um, and immediately I did picture a female that just is unstoppable. And um, I could just imagine that if that was her name, it just, it's a great fit. Um, but yeah, besides that, no, I didn't even pick up that it sounded like an Arabic word. So I have to come up with something. <laughs> I mean, I'm picturing Wonder Woman. I don't know about anybody else, but I, I mean, when you say that word and you cast that vision, it's like, you know, Wonder Woman with all the, the, the armor on her or, or something. That, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sounds strong. So, so I'm curious, you and I are going to hop on a lift here. We're going to go up 10 floors. You got about 45 seconds. Give me your best elevator pitch for Zaddy. I did prepare this one, but then I threw it out the door. Throw it out the door. um, (laughs) My best elevator pitch for Zaddy is a place where we unleashed extraordinary women to 
feel unapologetic about living their best life in on their terms. It's a place where um, we all have a very unique and aligned sense of self. So tell me what's, what's the differentiator between this and say other gyms that might cater specifically to women? It's definitely the culture, um, the culture and the uh, like-minded community of women who want more. And when I say unleashing extraordinary, we don't do ordinary. We don't do anything that's just because everyone else is doing it. In fact, I make a very, um, co very, very conscious uh, decision with everything we do and our women can see that uh, to do things differently. So if someone else is doing it like this, we're no longer doing it like this. We're going to find a better way to do it, um, a zardy way to do it. And um, so it's definitely the culture, the brand and um, the community and our ethos. Now, obviously, we do deliver our workouts very differently to everybody else. It's a very different atmosphere and vibe. When you're in Zadi, the way people describe how they feel is they strut out of Zadi. They don't walk out. Um, it just <laughs> makes them feel strong, but not just physically, mentally. Obviously, we're not 24-7 strong women. We do have days where we can be, you know, on a different mindset, and that's okay as well. It's just deal with it. So yeah, so that's the main the main thing, and I think in, uh, we're in a very in the, in the fitness industry. We're in a very um, we're in a space where fitness and mindset and health are all intertwine. So I see our role at Zadi is to influence young women that are now uh, very 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 conscious of body image and mm -hmm. staying fit. That are you know my 16 year old daughter and her friends. I feel like Zadi was mainly created for that generation that's now coming through and we're the brand that's going to be speaking their language. We're the cool, the cooler, we get it, we get what they're thinking brand. So that's, that I don't think exists for females right now and that's what makes us extremely different to any other female offering. This is, uh, this can be very difficult for me to frame well as a question because I am a man, I'm an older man, but so how how do you help the i mean you know there's this societal issue with like body image and and you know the perfect you know female depicted persona out there or whatever how do you I mean it sounds like you've got a, almost a holistic you know view to to help people think of you know in its mindset it's physical it's diet it's all the things that kind of go into play so how do you help them like develop a healthier view of this is that, that, is that a fair question yeah yeah i guess our, our number one job is to build trust and credibility in our space and uh when you when you see a brand that speaks your language that um, has a vibe and um sort of atmosphere that you are drawn to and they're conscious of that you immediately build that trust so the members that come to us might have a lot of negative um, understanding of how they of, of body image and what mm -hmm. they should be could be and what's out there a lot of it's fake and they know it but they still get sucked in so we draw them in with a real sexy edgy look and the neon lights and but then um, they realize that we're more than that you know it's lose all the um, misconceptions it's let's be honest you're not gonna if you're not tall and you're not gonna get become taller embrace who you are and make the most of what you have and be the best version of yourself. So it's not holistic in a way where we um, fall into the trap of giving in to what's happening, but we just sure. know it's happening and we try and deal with it uh, with each individual to make the most of themselves. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a very empowering thing to just own who you are, make the most of what you've been given 
and just drive to become the best, healthiest version of yourself, yes, you can achieve a better looking physique. Um, and so we'll help you achieve the best physique you can possibly achieve if you're willing to put in the work and actually do it. It, it can't be done for you. Yeah, uh, it's, it's really funny you, the way you phrased that because I was thinking exactly that, that, you know, how do you become the best version of yourself? I was literally thinking those words as you were talking about, you know, how, yeah, how you're, you're helping your, You've got to own the reason why you are where you are and why you're not happy with where you are and why you want to be somewhere else. Is that really yeah. important to you? Are you just being unrealistic in comparing yourself? Because that's really unhealthy. And um, we, we always want what we can't have. And that's that's not ever going to change about human beings, especially females. Right. I mean, I'm, I lead this uh, organization and this movement and I find myself doing it. Um, and that's okay as long as you've got the self-awareness to know when you're doing it and to um, correct that, that behavior and that mindset to go back to why you're, why you're correcting it because you want to get shit done. So you're not going to get shit done spending hours comparing yourself. Let's just focus back on what you should be doing and what you've agreed to do and what you've committed to do. So that's our take. We just try and um, get there in a more direct route than to confuse our members with a lot of – and we stick to what we know. We're great yeah. at what we do. So we don't, we don't bring in other programs and other ideas because, you know, everyone will, everyone's doing things differently. So we don't focus on the competitions. This is what we do and this is what we're good at. And uh, if you do this, you will achieve those results. So in the, in the time that you've, you've started Zaddy to, to today, so walk us kind of through the, uh, the growth of the business. I mean, has it just been a, a, just an upward you know, upward and right moving chart line, trend line, or have you seen a little bit of ups and downs since you started? Walk us through it. It's only been a couple of years, right? It's only been a couple of years. And we were entering a space where, as I said at the start of this interview um, podcast, that it's an unarticulated need. There wasn't a lineup of women saying, we need a badass boutique studio today. You know, nobody was saying it. I have been around women and training them for years and it was a lot of different feedback and things that I heard yeah. and saw that made me feel like if we put all that in in a collaboration, this is what it would look like and women would want this. So um, that was the number one thing that I um, focused on. And since then, um, it was proven to be the case. It was an, artic it was an artic unarticulated need. Women did flock to Zadi. They did watch that first promo video and went, what is this? I want to know more. And we created that intrigue and, um, and then we just kept doing that. So it was a lot of clever, I guess, um, putting ourselves in the member's mindset and what is missing and giving them what, what is missing and then delivering a great product to continue that growth. So we managed to do that really well and we did grow very organically. People came, they tried. Some people were very sceptical, especially in the fitness industry, especially media outlets, especially people that were saying things like, oh, it's not very holistic, it's too harsh, it's too aggressive for a female brand. There was a lot of um, perceptions, but when they did come in and experience it, um, people took to it and then started telling each other and girls were bringing girlfriends and women were the harshest critics, obviously. And I knew that that's what was going to happen, hmm. you know, because um, you're telling them what they want, need to know, but yep. they didn't think they needed to know it. So there, were a bit, there was a bit of a pushback, like, I don't need this. Um, but then when they come in, they realise they strut out the door, but they weren't strutting out the door before this. So then they come back. Um, and then it's just been such an amazing experience to kind of be like, I knew something you didn't know. 
um, and then when you when you share it and then your belief starts to become their belief and then they start telling other people and that's where I feel warm and fuzzy about this is a real genuine movement and not just another product and um, my, my global view for Zadi is definitely um, you know it's got a place in the world to help women everywhere um, to really support the mindset where they might think they're not on the right track, but they actually are. And they need to just right. believe, believe in themselves. So it hasn't been a challenge after that. The challenge was at the start, working with creatives, going to talk to agencies where they were just shaking their head saying, do we really need another female-only uh, brand? What are you doing? Do you know what you're doing? That was a challenge. But for the consumers, they've been just um, loving it. Even men that come and visit, they're like, they can see women that they know training in this space. Uh, most of my investors and people that want to buy franchises are men. And they're like, this is genius. Like, what haven't, hasn't anyone thought that women want this? Um, so, no, I'm really pleased. And I think um, with the whole coronavirus thing, it was a bit of a shock to the system. We were just yeah, about to sure. Yeah, we were just about to launch franchising. I was in the US and I spent three brief days there because everything was cancelled. And I was speaking at an event. You've probably heard of Ursa. I wasn't speaking at Ursa, but it was an event prior. Mm -hmm. And it was um, all about to kick off, as I like to put it. But um, it's all on ice at the moment. I'm focusing on some digital solutions for Zadi, which were always part of our vision. But um, was kind of like down here in the priority yeah, order. So we kind sure. of just flipped it over and yeah. now it's become a priority and everything else is sitting underneath, waiting for life to get back to normal or to the new normal life that we're all waiting for. That is that is such a great segue, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna shift the script here just a little bit because you you brought up a topic that I think is so timely, and I, I don't want to sneak up on you. I don't want to throw you a curve here, but I would love no. for you to take just a second and so speak. And I know that you haven't been in it all that long, but just speak to those that are just either thinking about starting something or have started, you know. Uh, a business right here in the, you know, just before the coronavirus, you know, the pandemic crisis that we're facing globally. What are, what were, or say two or three things that you would tell them as kind of hopeful hints that say, this is how I am dealing with this. Because I mean, I can't imagine anything uh, that, that got hit harder, maybe the travel industry, but gyms took it right on in the teeth. Yeah. I mean, they virtually just shut down. So I, I know you were facing a real difficulty. I love the way that you just said, you know, we took the bottom priority and flipped it up to the top, you know, to adjust. But I don't want to put words in your mouth. I just want you to kind of just speak to our listeners and say, here's two or three things I would really think focus on. I would, I mean, I'm as much as I represent a brand that is all about, you know, getting it done and driving, I did, I do want to be very, very honest and transparent here that it was not easy. It shook me to the core um, because you, you have to kind of mourn the could have beens and the should have beens and we almost did this and we this close to that and uh, and I still think I'm not a hundred percent at peace with it. Yeah. However, um, it does creep up every now and then, and I and I go back to the reason um, you know I've been able to keep going. Um, the, I did have my moments of oh well. This is what this is not meant to be, da, 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 da. but um, 
yeah, I think you just have to go through that process of understanding it's happening. It's happening to all of us. And um, everybody has a story. There's a should have been, could have been for everybody. I mean, there's people that cancelled their weddings, people that have cancelled so many things. Um, so I came up with the uh, logical um, way to deal with this is just to deal with what I can do right now, today, to survive. And I'm treating it like a big vacay, Kevin, where all this work that I had lined up is now on hold. And I can shift my energy to new projects. Sometimes I still go back to the morning of, oh, I should have been doing this. Why am I doing that? But then I'm um, just staying focused on these new projects. Um, speaking to people that are also going through it really does help. So if I have to give any advice that could immediately give you a bit of peace is knowing that, I don't know, when you know everyone else is going through it too, it's just a bit more comforting. And... Um, Using, using this time as an opportunity to work on the things you couldn't work on. So my priority that was down here was probably a year and a half away from me being able to even touch it. And now I'm given the opportunity to prioritise it. Yeah. So that's a bonus. Yeah. So, yeah, just, um, you know, every day focusing on those positives, um, acknowledging the negatives, going through the process, feeling it, dealing with it, you know, get cranky, get angry, get upset, whatever, and then move like, on. Get over it. Get over it. You know, I mean, it's just, um, and my advice is don't give up. Don't give up and think just because it should have been like this. It's um, sometimes the biggest challenges are the biggest opportunities. And, and our biggest um, creations and our best work happens in the time of difficulty. And I know that for a fact because um, everything that I have created that has been amazing was difficult, including having two children. Um, and that wasn't easy. To, to do and um, it was one of the best things I've ever achieved so taking that mindset I think is um, hard and I understand that it's easy to say these things um, the practical ways to do it is to every day look at the two or three things that you can achieve focus on them and don't worry about everything else and if you've achieved them you can go to bed feeling great and um, when you do feel down just acknowledge it you're human we're all human I, I love the way that you wrap that up and, and just the idea. I mean, I've asked this question to a number of people recently, you know, in, in our Rising Tide interviews, just about how they're dealing with the with the, the crisis. And I think you're the first one that, that mentioned that started this off by saying, guys, everybody is going through the same thing. Recognize that, that it's, it's not just you. It's difficult on everyone equally. You know, I mean, we're all not, not necessarily equal, equal impact, but certainly we're nobody's immune you know Nobody. from from the effects of this and i, I just wrote yeah. the way you, you just kind of frame that so and when you have a team and you're the leader you do you're i mean you're pushed into this space not only are you dealing with your own business problems and not your whole world being exploding you have a team of people looking at you saying what do we do next yep. and i remember yep. after having my breakdown and i had one in la in a hotel room um just wanted to get home. I couldn't believe it, the nightmare. But then um, when I got back, um, I didn't speak to my team until I was good and ready. And the first thing I said is, um, this is bit, like, I know you guys are looking to me for answers, but I'll be very honest. This is bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than anxiety. It's bigger than our government. It's bigger than um, science. We need to know this, number one. And let's just be realistic about what I can and can't do for you today. And um, we need to work together. I didn't pretend to have all the answers and I didn't go in there pretending I'm okay. I did say we need to work together and um, I'm still going to lead the direction. 
but we all need to snap out of it and realize that we need to take some responsibility that it's bigger than us. What a way to wrap up our chat today. I mean, I, I, I've got a million questions I could ask you, but what a perfect way to, to just finish this chat with vision. I mean, I really appreciate that you just kind of wrap that up and said, okay, I've got to get myself together and then I've got to go and, and cast vision to my team, be real with them, be authentic with them, but just absolutely guys, we, we will get through this. We are going to, to fight and get through this. And you know, people will follow that. They absolutely will follow that vision and that hope and that, that you've cast with them. So I just want to thank you again for just taking the time today. And it's just been a, a a pleasure just to, to get to know you and to hear your story online. And I'm really excited just to see what Zadi has in its future, especially when we get on the backside of this, of this virus, when it hits, you know, the, the 2.0 version after you've had, had time to tinker with it sitting there in your living room, you know, and say, yes. how can we make this better? You know, you, you're, <laughs> the wheels are always turning, but Adala, thank you so much for just working with us today and just chatting with us today and just in doing your part to help all boats rise in a rising tide. Have a great day. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it too. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.